Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? Are you in there, Ian? Hello. You're right. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, have you dressed up? Are you a draconian tonight? Are you an ogron? Have, have you made uh, the no, effort? I, I, I've gone for a, a, a human security guard. So huge shoulders, huge uh, elbows, huge knees. Have you got some um, like electrical tape for your sides? Yes, electrical tape and a, a, a non-nudie calendar pinned to me flight deck. A non-nudie, that's yes. good, that's good. I thought I'd go draconian and right. uh, I've stuck some sugar puffs um, around my temple and down onto my cheekbones, but they keep falling off. Yeah, if you fell asleep in a bowl of sugar puffs, you would look a bit draconian. Yes, yes, you would, you would. I, it's not working for me. I think my prit stick was getting a bit dry and they keep well, dropping off. It does in this weather. It does. <laughs> All right, so yeah, draconians. Draconians, we're talking tonight. Um, Is this, uh, you know, a favourite story of yours, Frontier in Space? Where does this Um, rank in your Pertwee? I I like it. I do think it's um, it's a plodder. I I was thinking about we are we are embarking on a run of padding stories just lately, aren't we? This is this has almost three episodes of pure padding. I think we had one last time, didn't we? We've got three episodes of pure padding this time. Um, It's always it's always watchable, and it's it's nicely done, and there's some really good bits and some really bad bits. But it just the pacing seems very very slow. I know. I, I, you get the feeling that there just wasn't enough script to uh, to go round six episodes. I mean, I, to be fair, I find that on most six parters. I yeah, yeah, I don't understand why they did that ever. Budget, I um, suppose, and it? it it spreads. It spreads. Uh, they get bigger budget for the story, don't they? Because they can spread another two episodes worth of money into it. Yeah. This yeah, what's weird? That. This because normally this one, um, I find I watch it an episode at a time. Mm-hmm. But this this time I watched it, uh, sort of three episodes one day and then three episodes the next day, and it's really weird watching because we've said before that you watch it with a bit of a different eye mm-hmm. when you're doing it for the podcast, and it was really weird watching them in two sort of chunks like this because you suddenly realise that like the first three episodes are almost single scene uh, episodes, aren't they? So the first the first episode is almost set entirely on the. Uh, the the hold of the spaceship, which mm-hmm. we'll be get very used to seeing. Um, <laughs> the second episode is in a, a a cell on the spaceship, and then the third episode is like uh, a cell on Earth. Mm. And you 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 get to about the third episode, and you think, I've not seen outside of this this place yet. Nope. It's um a very a very uh, enclosed story, which is weird because it's about a galactic war. It is. Yeah. It is. Um. It's almost balance of terror, isn't it? The Star it, Trek it is, one. It is, yeah. With 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 no budget, 
with no yeah oh boy oh boy oh boy right we'll talk about each aspect of that as we get to it um but you know what do you reckon on it as a as a pertwee one has this move pertwee up or down in your uh, in your I th- list i think i mean pertwee's very good in it you can you can see that he's not i think he was having a lot of back trouble wasn't he during the making mm. of this one so you can see that he's not at the top of his game um, he does a lot of sitting in this story, mm. which he doesn't normally do. Um, but I do like, I think Pertwee works well in this. Joe Grant is hit and miss. But what I found with this is as soon as uh, Roger Delgado turns up, I'm enjoying it. He's yeah. so good. And he works so much better with, um, with Joe Grant than the third Doctor does, which is weird. Mm. I, would, I would love to see a, a whole story where he sort of he is the doctor you know he becomes the doctor and joe grant travels with him um yeah this my my favorite scene in this entire thing which i, I thought was brilliant was I, I can't remember i mean i got lost in where where in the episodes this take place but um the master's got a gun on the doctor and someone knocks at the airlock and john pertwee turns to the man and they just become old chums it's like mm. are you expecting anyone no <laughs> oh and it, it's just so well played um you you can tell these people great friends off camera as well as uh, as, as well as their characters on. Hmm. Um, I yeah I do you remember when you first saw a draconian? Are we back to the? the it's all it's all too monster? hazy now. It's yeah. just everything's all mixed up into one big do, blob of John Pertwee. Yeah. Era, do you know? do you remember? Because this was this was one of the hush tones Doctor Who stories when I when I was first first a fan got into fandom and and doc two stories weren't readily available so you had a, a sort of a, a a group of higher level fans that had access to episodes mm-hmm. and they would impart their wisdom down to the the, the proles like us and uh, this was always one that was deemed as this is one of the amazing stories this has the draconians in it has the ogrons in it has daleks in it, space battles space ufo models mm. all this sort of thing <coughs> and I, I, I had the book, and I read the book, and the book is really good. Um, and this, I, I was so long in to see this, and then I say I, I, I met up with a, a fan that became a, a good friend of mine, and he lent. He was like unusual for a Doctor Who fan because he just said, "Yeah, I got them all. You can borrow them." It's like, hey, <laughs> can I make copies? Of course you can. Um, so I got to watch it, and it was one. Of, this is one of those ones that doesn't live up to the hype. So it I, looks I great have, in photos. Yeah. Oh, uh, photos looks amazing, and the again John Freelander, the the draconian makeup and the way they act, brilliant. That's really good, but the rest of it doesn't really hold together. There's a lot of plywood, um, uh, wobbly plywood yeah, as well. Yeah, an extortionate amount of wobbly plywood. Um, I'd love to know what the budget was for this. Was it lower than the stuff around it? Because it looks, it looks really cheap. Which is amazing for, like I say, a story where that's meant to involve a galactic war. Mm-hmm. If your budget's running out and someone brings you a story involving a galactic war, you're probably better off going, we'll leave that one. That's <laughs> we'll next that. season. Yeah, we'll yeah. do that next season. Mm. Um, it reminds me very much of a Flash Gordon serial mm. in the plotting. Um, like I say, it's not made to be watched in a single go, quite obviously. There's a huge amount of... Uh, Getting trapped, escaping, getting trapped, escaping, getting trapped, and and get used to seeing prison cells. I mean, we get whole episodes of people just sat in a prison cell, 
recounting the plot that's happened so far. But um, underneath it all is a great uh, um, Malcolm Hulk story. Really, really nice. Again, mm. about about you know mistrust and race relations uh, and, and all good stuff. But it's just stretched a bit thin for my liking. Mm. Yep. Well, shall we start then? Yeah, let's let's get going. Sorry, I, I, I just was choking on a bit of pizza then. Um, right, so here we go then. Yeah, so there's a joke about twelve inches that I'm not. Gonna... <laughs> no, let's move. Let's um, move on rapidly. Yep. So we start with a nice spaceship. Yes. Um, yep. The That's reason it's a nice spaceship is it's, you know, an ex Jerry Anderson spaceship, isn't it? Yeah. No offense to uh, to the BBC bots, but the uh, Century Twenty One boys could build models like no one else. Well, it's Derek Meddings and Co., isn't yes, it? Yeah. It's the Century I, 21. You'd probably find that the budget for that model when it was originally built was probably the same as one episode in total mm. for this show. Um, yeah, lo- lovely lovely model shot, and it sort of sets expectations that it can't keep up. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're not running down the BBC. I mean, no, um, no, no. we'll talk a little bit more on behind the scenes, but yeah, every spaceship you see in this story, apart from... The master's ship, yeah. the one with the ball on the front. That that all the others were, yeah. Jerry Anderson, Century Twenty One, is the company, the effects company, headed by Derek Meddings, that did all the model work for the Jerry Anderson shows. They were having a sale, as I say, some behind the scenes information. But uh, Jack Kine, they bought a lot of them because the, the the model shop was closing down and moving. Jack Kine and Co. They bought a lot. It was Jack Kine's instruction you can't just you know put the model on the screen yeah you've got to change it you've got to change it so they are that they are that they're lovely models and they've been chopped and changed and i think they've done it very well you know um um it's not like oh bloody hell they've stuck a bit of lego on the side and and called it a new spaceship i imagine in uh, you'll probably know more than me uh, in um fanderson circles that this is seen as sacrilege is it that mm-hmm. these were sold off and, and and hacked about. That they dared do it. Yeah. But but Century Twenty One were just like BBC. When you were finished yeah. with a model, you need a new model. Well, you would yeah. prize a bit off. We've talked about this yeah. on Blake Seven, haven't we? Yeah. They, they, you would as a, as a special effects guy. Once once the program's gone out, or once you film the program, that model is useless unless they you know it's something like a Dalek where they're told you know they might come back or we keep them in storage. Yeah, so they would, they would cut bits off. They would reuse bits. I mean, that that's a whole sort of fan base in itself is spotting the reuse of props in Doctor Who and Blake Seven. I mean, we mm. love a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It always cheers you up. You see a prop and you go, "Hey, that's nice." Well, there's <coughs> a, there's a certain aspect to this story which I thought yeah. Blake Seven, but we'll talk about that when we get there. But no, I mean, yeah, no, no, no. The the spaceship looks really good. Unfortunately, yep. we go inside, and, and like you say, we see a control room, a cockpit that we're going to see an awful lot. Yes, um, and it, it's not quite detailed enough to to sort of warrant the amount of time we spend in here. It's quite quite sparsely done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a few controls which are quite nice. There's a couple of view screens; they're quite nice. Like I say weirdly, or or being a bit ahead of its time, there's uh, pinups stuck to the flight deck. <coughs> which always, do, uh, do you know about the pin-up that was supposed to be in there? But I, there was, it, there was not. meant, there was a, was it meant to be like a nudie one or something? And they had to. No, it was meant to be Jane Fonda from Barbarella. Oh, right. I thought it would have been good. Mm. It, although, can you imagine that would 
the fan fiction that would get written about that. Yes. Um, yeah. I quite shared like these, universe. Yeah, shared universe. I quite the like run, these, the run uh, was a doctor. Well, it's going to turn out everyone in the universe is the doctor or the master, and then it will turn out in the final episode that the doctor is the master, and hmm. they will pronounce the doctor God, and that will be the end of it. Um, yeah, the, I like these. I like these pair of uh, of. So, I mean, this again. This is very, very reminiscent of Alien, not in the budget or the design, but these are just like truckers in space, aren't they? They're not. Mm. I mean, they do. They make mention of that they, you know, they wish they were on a luxury liner and all this sort of thing. Um, but it's quite nicely done. But then they they immediately go into expedition uh, mm-hmm. exposition dumping. You know, like, isn't it a shame that there's a there's a big battle coming in? There might be a space war between draconians who have been. Blah, blah, blah. Oh it, yes. Yeah, it's. I don't think this is uh, Malcolm Hulk right in this scene, um, because Malcolm Hulk is very, very, very good at allegory and stuff like that this is so on the nose this mm. this has got to be uh i think terence dix doing it um i think it you're sets right. the scene though yeah it set, sets the scene. this is really interesting as well because we get we get an early and a very rare instance of where the tardis materializes into real space and another ship is going to crash into it um yeah, yeah a, it is kind of rare yeah, isn't it yeah it is uh, it's sort of quite nice. I quite like it. And then the Doctor uh, avoids crashing by landing in the spaceship, which he seems to think is is something really clever. He's quite he's quite proud of that fact. And it's like it seems a sense, you know, just a normal thing to do. Why why would you be so proud of this? Mm. Um, yeah, he comes out. He's quite pleased with himself, yeah, isn't he? He's just punch any. Yeah. What do um, you think of the green Doctor? What do you think of this green shirt, green I jacket, like, from I like a costume point of view? Yeah, I like this look. I liked his green velvet uh, styling. Um, I, I thought Pertwee always looked pretty good. This is the sort of the the, the start of his uh, his slightly more flamboyant, slightly more bouffant hair. Yes, it gets rain, bigger, doesn't it? it? Yeah, it gets bigger and bigger. Because um, I, th- I think it was um, Katie Manning that introduced him to having his hair permed, and obviously John Pertwee was quite self-conscious about the fact that he was losing hair, and he loved the fact that a perm could totally disguise the fact that you he can bulk uh, it up, can't it? Yeah, yeah. So evidently, once he had that first perm, that was it. It was that that became almost his <laughs> uh, his addiction. Um, mm. But the, yeah, like I say, the doc the doctor in this I I really like, but. It's almost a more laid-back Pertwee because, like I say, he's—I uh, think he was quite in pain during most of this with his back, um, and it sort of shows in a few scenes, I think. Mm. Um, but no, it's nice. Nice. This first scene with Joe is quite nice. So this is Joe's first trip. No, second trip. This is after Colony in Space, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, because she mentions about I'm never going up in that again, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting you made a, a, a reference to Alien, and it is. It is a cargo yeah. freighter, isn't it? Yeah. You've got, yeah, these just, you know, if workers. If Roger Corman had have made Alien, like this is what it would have looked like. This is like. what it would look like, yeah. This, this would be the Roger Corman Alien. Going back to that cockpit, the cockpit has the failing that we've said about on Blake 7, where you have budget cockpits, in that they use yeah. just bog-standard chairs. Yeah, these are just, just two normal chairs. Did you notice so, that they are actually on metal crates? No, I didn't notice that. They're yeah. not even... Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that they were like, you know, just the only chairs they had when they put them up against the console, they were far too low. So if you look, oh, they're actually right. on metal crates to just yeah, raise to have, their height up. I'll have to have a look at that. Yeah, this 
this, chairs let the BBC down, don't they? They don't mm-hmm. do chairs well, which is it's quite a sad state of affairs if you can't get a chair right. Um, yeah, that could compare this to the uh, the uh, Nostromo cockpit. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a few quids difference. Um, it's I, I think it's just too sparse, isn't it? It's just yeah. too too and, made and up. too brightly lit oh, again. Oh wow! This is this is the classic Doctor Who problem, isn't it? Yeah, this would have this would have actually a story that would have really benefited from moody lighting. Yeah, yeah. Especially especially some of the later scenes we get. Um, the hold is quite, or it's it's both. They're trying to make it out it's huge and it's quite small. And again, it's it's not. It's only got a few bits of propping you know like props yeah. in it um a lovely uh um airlock hatch i do like yes it. they obviously spent yeah. a bit of money on that i love the way that um you know you say the nostromo the nostromo is returning to earth with all this ore yeah these guys are carrying flour, flour. yes bulk flour oh, yeah in fact, it's, written, it's written on it as well but before that it says yeah. danger yeah bulk danger flour. well to be fair bulk flour is dangerous it, it will combust by itself Will it? Uh, yeah, it, if, anything like custard powder will explode. Uh, anything that that's a, a fine particle and then is spread to the right consistency with oxygen becomes immensely flammable. Yeah, have a, have a look on Can YouTube. It really? For, yeah, uh, look at look at flower storage explosions. There's lots of good ones oh, on YouTube. Yeah, I thought dangerous. the danger was just that it would flatten you if it landed on you. Well, it would. I mean. Um, yeah, it would. It would probably wouldn't do you a lot of good, but yeah, it, it is. It is dangerous stuff. I did not know that. Thanks for that, Ian. Oh, there we go. So, do you, do you ever got a higher opinion of this story now? I got a higher opinion of flour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or a, a, a word for the listeners: always respect flour. Always put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, yeah, Joe looks out. The, well, she's supposed to be looking out of a yes. porthole, yeah. isn't she? But she's not. It's like um, water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she sees she sees a ship, which yeah. then she hears that noise that we're going to hear an awful lot of, and and it changes shape. Yeah, this this because we'd only recently watched um, Claws of Axos, and this reminded me, you know, that so they 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 sort of signify. Mm. Uh, your mind being taken over with these by, rapid... By, by that strange noise, yeah. strange yeah. noise and rapid shots into Joe's face. And I yeah. had horrible flashbacks to uh, Claws of Axos. Um, yeah, so she's looking at... She does that that plot thing of she notices something before it happens. Yes. Um, you've got a bit of a thing about this. You've mentioned yeah, this th- quite th- a bit, haven't you? This, this is annoys me. And it's not Doctor Who, the only one that suffers from it. This is classic TV and film where people go, look at that! And then the other person will look, and then, and then it seconds happens. later, something happens. And this, <laughs> so I think at one point she goes, "It's turning towards us," and it cuts to a shot, and it's like, "It's not, you know, it is now." It is now. <laughs> it um, yeah, there's a um, a little bit of exposition from the doctor, isn't there? But he is he because why doesn't he hear the noise? He's still in the TARDIS at that point, isn't he? Hmm. Yeah, but he, he goes back to the TARDIS. I can't he doesn't hear the noise no. when he's out of the TARDIS. No, that's true. He's getting on a bit. Isn't he? He's a time. He's a deaf time lord. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, yeah, and, but it affects the pilots because the pilots say they now see a draconian ship. Yes, and and they reckon they're going to be attacked. What, what's really weird is there's not, to my mind, there's not enough difference between the two ships from when it changes to when no. it changes to the draconian to go. Dun, 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 it's changed. I the first time I watched this, I didn't pick up that the ship had changed. No, you have to watch it yeah. twice to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have liked a little bit of difference in the models 
But yeah, so they, they, they see a draconian ship, or dragon ship, as they're calling it, sort of calling it. Which I do like the Doctor says, um, it's a rather, what is it, rather unfortunate nickname or something? Hmm. A bit racist. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they... Oh yeah, no, that's after yeah. he's ex- yeah, yeah, no, that's after one of the pilots has encountered them because the noise happens again and that's he right, yes. he sees a draconian. But what is going on there? Ian? Ooh, what, yeah, is, is that a model of it a look, draconian? It looks it's not, like it's, a dummy, doesn't it? It looks it, like it's a, really weird. Yeah, because you see a draconian later on on the view screen, but obviously he's not there. And I thought it's not the same draconian. And then you rewind it, and it it looks like a dummy been made up, like a. Um, a shop dummy or something like it that. It does. Are they yeah. trying to convey that this is a nightmare image? Because it's don't know. not done very well. It just looks odd, doesn't it? The, the only other thing I thought was, was this was this an insert shot filmed afterwards and they didn't you know, didn't have any actors or whatever, but the fact they couldn't get anyone to put the mask on. Yeah, um, it's weird, It's, isn't it's it? so weird, yeah. It's worth... I don't know if you can get a, a still of it. I'll see if I can get a it, yeah, screen grab. It looks like it's made out of plasticine yeah, or something yeah. like that. Perhaps yeah. it is. Perhaps it's an actual, a little model, you know? Perhaps it, it might be. Yeah. But that pilot, he goes dragons, doesn't he? Dragons, and, yeah. and And Joe at the same time sees a drashig. Yes. So so we're meant to we're meant to believe that Joe's greatest fear is a drashig. Yes. But um, a, like a six foot tall drashig. But yes. in, you know, you know, Carnival of Monsters, they were what, what? Tower block yeah. size. Yeah. Um, Anne walked in at this point and looked at it and went, oh dear, and walks out. <laughs> she didn't think the Drashig was very impressive. Well, it's a puppet, isn't it? It's just it's a, a hand puppet. puppet. It's a yeah. puppet, yeah. And we also must point out the weapons being used I here. I love these weapons. I absolutely adore these. M16s cut down. Yes, yeah, toy M16s. Because yes. They are incredibly lightweight, the way the guards yeah. are just like... Uh, swinging them around and they actually clatter you know yeah. that ju- it must be like a a, 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 a no, not a gi joe one but there must have been like a a child's toy yeah I version of one of them a, this is just going to be a cheap sort of injection molded toy i mean it might even be blow molded i do like lo- i love this design i think it's re- again so so ahead of its time this is something that would sit in star wars yep perfectly um and it's, it's very reminiscent of the the DL forty four Star Wars blaster. So uh, it's very hand solo. Head of the game again. Yeah. Head of the game. Do you think George mm. Lucas saw this? And he went, "I could do this." <laughs> Look at that. It I, might be Roger Christian. Yeah. You know, the man yeah. who famously, you know, decided to use military yeah. weapons and turn them into sci fi ones. He could have been a yeah. Doctor Who fan and seen. Do you think it. he was? Um, do you think he was rooting through a skip outside the BBC and found one? Might even be that, yeah. Oh, this will this will do me. No, I I've always I keep meaning to make one because um, I do. I think it looks amazing. It looks very reminiscent of Buck Rogers' blaster, mm-hmm. the Earth Force yep. blaster. It's gorgeous. This is this is probably the the best design in the episode, and all it is is an M16 that's been cut down with a few yeah. greeblies stuck on. I prefer <laughs> it over the uh, converted air pistol that oh, the yes. yeah. Ogrons are uh, going to be using. Yeah, uh, and the, the reused um, Day of the Daleks guns that the, dra- uh, the dragons yes, carry. Yeah. The, yeah. the weird, um, bulky things. Indeed, yeah. Well, down on Earth, we've got the Earth President. Servalan, yeah, we meet yeah. Yeah. It's I've got Servalan for her, and I've got Travis for General Williams. Yeah, General the, Williams is... Um, I don't know what's up with this actor. I mean, he seems... But he, he's, he's almost like he's staring into space. He like, looks a bit bored. Yeah, yeah, he, well, yeah. He, look, he looks bored, 
and he looks like he's looking at a camera that isn't there. Hmm. I don't know what's happening because she'll be speaking to him and he'll be just looking up at a slightly odd angle. Is it? What's he looking at? He's wondering what's on, yeah. what, what he's going to have for tea or something. Do you think like he's that? watching the clock? It's another could ten minutes. Yeah. Pub time. Um, yeah, this this could have done with a Paul Darrow, couldn't it? Or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is but, a pivotal character, but you never really believe him. It's a bit boring, isn't it? The, no. the, the the president, the woman's good. I really like her. She's a good actress. Don't know what her name is, but. But yeah, she's she's really good. So again, though, the president's office suffers from the lack of budgets. So all yes. she's got is a transparent table. Yeah. Never a good thing that is it transparent no. tables. Who's but... who's going to be using them? Yeah. And a CSO screen. CSO screen, yes. But yes. She's watching the news and that one. But they we've got a, a bit of a squabble going on, haven't we? Yes. Um, the draconian prince is there. As well, and uh, both of them think the other one is are doing raiding. Yeah, get get things. used to this plot point, guys. You will yes. be revisiting it. So yeah, so the 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 uh, draconians think that the uh, the Earth people are going into their space and, and stealing stuff, and the Earth people think the draconians are going into their space and stealing stuff. Of course, we we sort of know something weird's going on. I think that the show could have got a bit more mileage out of that. This you know whip which side is lying because mm. because we immediately know there's a third party and i think oh they, they could have left that till like the ep- end of episode reveal or something so you're thinking oh god they've struck they've sort of strolled into a war zone here mm. <coughs> but no it's immediate it's immediate that it's both sides are probably telling the truth yeah um, the the uh the ambassador who is the emperor's son the draconian yeah um he's really good again all, all the guys playing the the draconians seem to be spot on, unlike the ogrons. Right. Before we talk about ogrons, draconians, what do you reckon on them then? Uh, I think a really good design. Um, classic samurai-looking outfit. Um, very, very reminiscent of uh, of the motion picture Klingons. Mm-hmm. You know, with their, their their big shoulders and boots and things. Um, great half mask. Uh, very cleverly done again, where the sides of the mask are covered with um, with hair, with a beard. Mm-hmm. Um, good matching as well. It's not quite as good as um, Link's, but matching I think, around the eyes. But I think that is what it is because it's a very clever mask. Because yeah, yep. the eyes are completely exposed yes. and the mouth is exposed, but they've been blended color-wise. Yes, so well. That you know, I mean, we're watching it on HD, and and you can see the join. But back then, on a small TV, oh, maybe a black black and yeah. white TV. I don't know. I I I think old John, top of the game with this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Funny if I because you recommended that um, that book to me, the Doctor's the effects, effects book. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been reading that and sort of reading John Freelander's bit in that, um, and it's really interesting. And yeah, I think I think he was because he, he sort of complains that people started calling him a genius. With latex, and so like, I think they're probably right there, mate. Mm. You know, mm. um, considering the budget, you must have not had. Yeah, uh, these these look really good. It's interesting that um, the, it's obviously the same the same mold used on everyone, but the way they've redone, sort of done the individual beards and stuff like that, it they they look different. Yes, uh, yeah, cleverly done. Um, yeah, I do like in the book that he lays lays rest to that 
hoary old cliche that he built it over top of Dave Allen's face cast. Which I don't I know remember, where that came from. Uh, I remember hearing that in uh, the 80s. You'd, you'd get in books where it'd go, a little known fact is that the only face cast he had in his office was uh, was Dave Allen. And yeah, he says, nope, that's absolutely not true. <laughs> yeah. Um, a question for you about these, uh, the design of the Draconians. Yep. Are the, you know, the, the massive bat wing shoulders, yep. it, is that the Sontaran or is that part of the costume? Um, I reckon Cause they they yeah. look fleshy to me. They look almost as if they could be their bare shoulders. I I would like to think it's costume because that would, I mean, evolutionary wise, that would be a huge handicap, wouldn't it, to have huge pointy shoulders? I would have thought. Hmm. I don't know. You could ram into people, I suppose. Um, yeah. Again, it's one of those interesting ones where where does the costume end and the draconian begin? Hmm. <coughs> because they've got a lot of the. Um, the bubbles on the costume as well, haven't they? You like they've got on their heads. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're all over the shoulder pads yes, yeah. things as well. Uh, I suppose it's one of those we've never seen a naked draconian. So. <laughs> Although I'm I sure mean, there's fan fiction or something. Yeah. I mean, he he was given the brief, they're dragon-like. Yes. That's what he was going for. You could even say that, you know, they, they might have wings and they're just folded up and, and the shoulder pad bit that you see is like the, the uppermost part of the wings, oh, but the rest are down behind their yeah. cloaks. Wouldn't it have been good if, um, they couldn't have done it on the budget, but say later on when the, they're being attacked, they, they're like the uh, spitter dinosaurs where the frill mm. comes out of the shoulder and they start spitting mm-hmm. at people. Mm. Gobbin dinosaurs, that's what we want. Gobbin <laughs> There's another thing for a T-shirt. Yeah. Compare, uh, compare this dragon design with uh, what one, one and a half seasons earlier, where we had the uh, Mind of Evil mm. dragon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. John, you were a genius. You were, mate. Mm. Well, the pilots—they're still seeing the Doctor and Joe as draconians. Yes. But yeah. Joe no longer sees the guy as a drashig, so I don't understand how one side is still being fooled, but the other side isn't. Yeah, I mean. I'm hoping they're not saying that Joe's got a better or more powerful intellect than these guys, so she can sh- shrug it off. Um, weirdly, again, the Doctor's not affected, is he? he no. Nope. <coughs> he doesn't affect him. But I suppose, I was going to say he's an alien, but then it affects the Draconians, doesn't it? Which means they must have similar luggles to us. You say Malcolm Hulk's a good writer, but there are many inconsistencies in this story, and 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 it doesn't really hold together. And you do wonder what what what, what is going on. I mean, something like that. Why isn't the Doctor being affected by any of this? Yeah, yeah. I wonder how much of um, how much of this, how much of Malcolm Hulk's original story what is in this and how much I mean it, there's touches of Malcolm Hogg but it's not yeah it's not up to the the, the good sort of plotting that he does in things like uh, uh, Aliens or um, Green Death is it mm. it's there's there's definite plot holes throughout this <coughs> yeah um, back on earth we have a black news reader um, yeah he's just died hasn't he kind of yes relevant that he died yeah. yesterday yeah. old Louis Mahoney um, he, he was, he was he in was, Doctor Who a few yeah. times, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in um, Planet of Evil, which uh, Planet I, of Evil. I loved yep. him in that. He, said, he had a, a great voice, really good, really good uh, sort of dramatic voice. But yeah, he's, he's playing the newsread. He's doing a bit of exposition. You get a nice yep. bit of stock footage of riots and things. I looked into it. Right, he's pl- playing a bla- black newsreader 
Yeah. The BBC didn't have a black news ra- reader until 1981. Really? Yeah. See, ahead of the game. Ahead of the game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and he's he's just yeah, it's just exposition over and over again. You know that uh, there's going to be you know uh, a riots because people want the Earth to go to war with Draconian uh, Draconia, and there must be an ultimatum. Yeah, it's very very much um, playing on you know the uh, the stupidity of nationalism and race hatred things like that in it because the you you get the feeling that most of the earth population hate the draconians and you get a feeling that most of the draconians don't trust and hate the earth people but it's not getting across by just having one news leader news reader telling you um, you, we should have seen more of it, you know. Yeah. We should have been seeing all these crowds at the very end, where you got the last news reader, and he's saying about, you know, uh, 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 the guy uh, again demanding, oh, we must do something, and you hear all people chanting. They yeah. were going to put in footage of, you know, rioting groups and stuff like that, but they just didn't get round to it. Yeah, the trouble is, I mean, we do see we do see some stock footage of riots now, but it's obviously like. Um, uh, I, you know, from Ireland or something like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's so contemporary. This, this would, if any, if any of the stories would have been better with a bigger budget or done as a film. This, you know, this could have been remade as mm. a, a decent sort of budgeted film. Yep. They just haven't got the money to do it. Have they? It's like it, it reminds me of a, a school play where all the interesting stuff happens off camera. Yes, <laughs> you just got people pointing at it and going, "Look over there." And we're starting to get into padding now because, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. um, the Doctor reverses the polarity of his sonic screwdriver to yep. open the door. And as they're trying to escape, that's when the Ogron... Is it Ogrons or Ogrons? Ogrons. Yeah. I've got to pronounce the O. The Ogrons board yep. and the Doctor's shot. Um, the Ogrons take the cargo, all that yep, flower, the and flower. the TARDIS. What yes. do you think the Master's doing with the flower? I don't know. Giving it to the Ogron god, yeah, maybe. Could be, yeah. Yeah. That's my, it might be made from that. Mixed with yeah, water. Yes. Uh, um, a, a battle cruiser docks. Yes. Uh, and a proper one. And it's Earth soldiers. Nice helmets. I ha- always forget that those blocks that they're wearing, they're the Blooming Crimos blocks yeah, from the same, Blake 7, aren't they? It's the they, same They reused thing. it. Yeah, it's the same old thing of... They, they, I don't. I don't like this design. I mean, they they got arms like Popeye, haven't they? They've got huge, yes, uh, like um, wrist protector things on. You can see what they're going for, but it just doesn't work. It doesn't look real at all. It just looks like someone stuck stuff to a costume. Yeah, a lot of polystyrene, um, a lot of, uh, of 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 just padded material. Yeah, uh, they've got helmets on, but the helmets. I mean, th- this what amazes me that we're we're in episode one and everything looks shagged already. All the props yep. look damaged. The helmets are wrecked, um, which I don't think they're from another production. No, I th- no, I yeah. think they're purposely made. I like the helmets. I like these blobby helmets, yeah. but they serve no function <laughs> yeah. whatsoever because it's basically a headband, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, the top of your yeah. head's exposed. Yeah, yeah. If someone's going to bat you on the head, you. You've just left it open for them. Ear, earmuffs. <laughs> they're they're yeah. glorified earmuffs. Glorified that's all earmuffs, they are. Yeah. yeah. So they're arrested. They're taken yes. back to Earth. That's where we find General Williams for the first time. Old, old Travis is there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a, those outfits, you know, I mean, Serverland could wear the president's outfit. Yeah. You know, what Williams is wearing, that could appear 
Yes, I, li- no I like. No problem his, in Blake yeah, Seven. I like his outfit. I think it's nice, nice double-breasted tunic. Always looks neat. Um, with he's got a pudding basin. He's got a Blake Seven haircut as well, and he pudding basin. That's a haircut. Travis hairdo. Yeah, it is. What a, What do you think of the shoulder spikes? Uh, I could do without them. <laughs> They're not practical, <laughs> are they? No, no. The designer on this one had a bit of a weird thing for shoulders, pointy shoulders. Yes. Um, but yeah, we. Uh, this is weird. This is a weird story in that it's both padded to hell, but then also everything is curtailed into a short amount of time. So distances don't exist. No, after a yeah. while, yeah. Again, very Flash Gordon. They're yes, immediately yeah. at a yeah. place. It's like we're on we're on the other side of the galaxy. We're on Earth, and then as soon as they get to Earth, you don't. They're taken straight to the president's office. Yeah, you don't see them no. arrive or anything. No, You're just no. outside the office. Yeah, the ship landing is done uh, off-screen. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there's, in, I think by episode five or whatever, there's a ship landing, and it's just Joe bouncing on the seat. It's, oh, we yes. landed. Yes. Oh, well, that yeah. saved a bit of money, didn't it? And um, when the Dalek <laughs> ship lands, they go, oh, look, a ship's yeah. landing, yeah. and they turn the wind machine on, and that's yeah. it. Don't, don't yeah. move the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they immediately paraded to uh, to Williams and the president. Bring him in. Are these people stowed away on the cargo ship? They transmitted signals which enabled your battle cruiser to home in on its prey. I know nothing of this. Perhaps you do not, but some servant of the Draconian Empire employed them, madam. I can assure you that I've never been employed by anybody, least of all by the Draconians. Your servants should have been better rehearsed in their lies. Or they're showing a misguided loyalty to their Draconian masters. If we really were working for the Draconians, why did they leave us in your ship? To act as spies when you were brought back to Earth. Allow me to congratulate you, sir. You have the most totally closed mind that I've ever encountered. Madam, I beg of you to listen to me. Some third party is trying to provoke war between Earth and Draconia. You are both being duped. Take them away. Just a minute, please. Why should a third party wish to do this? I have no idea, madam. But believe me, that is what is happening. Take them away. Now, please listen to me. If you don't, you'll be involved in a war that will cause the death of millions. Is this the evidence upon which you accuse me? I must ask you to convey a formal protest to your emperor. I shall inform him of this latest insult to the honour of the Draconian Empire. Um, and the plot is explained again. We're, we're, we're not that far in, and the plot's been explained like three or four times now. Yep, yep, yep. That's what the Doctor's saying. Somebody's yeah. playing both sides against yeah. each other. Um, and off they're taken yep. to be put in a, yet another cell. Another cell, yeah. We yep. spend a lot of time in this cell. They're, they're spending a lot of time in that cell, and it's pure padding because you've got the draconian prince back at the embassy yeah. talking to one of his aides, and they decide they want to interrogate the doctor for themselves if they should escape. Yeah, so it's the first of, of seems like an interminable amount of, um, like you say, of padding of where they're going. Uh, this side has the character that we want. The other side will try and rescue them. The other side has the character that we want the other side will try and... Re- and this happens two or three times through this story. Mm. And it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything, because he... The, they they kidnap the Doctor, they leave Joe Grant, yeah. uh, but they manage to get hold of the Doctor. So we get our first glimpse of uh, 
of the South Bank. South Bank, London, yeah. Um, which looks nice, except for anyone that's ever seen it, <laughs> which presumably at that point wasn't that many people, but now is... Uh, now it is. Yeah, it's quite familiar. Um, so we get the first of many uh, gunfights, uh, which are okay. They're okay. I like noises. The sound effects are good. Um, the Draconians take the Doctor away to uh, uh, a rather nice country house. This yeah, is I wouldn't presu- mind living there. Yeah, it's really it's quite futuristic for the Sevens as well. Yeah. Um, and this is presumably meant to be the embassy. It is the embassy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they like question him for 30 seconds, don't find anything out, and then he jumps out the window. He turns into Terry Walsh. Yeah, it turns into Terry Walsh. Loses <laughs> and jumps out the window. Jumps out the window, is immediately taken prisoner by the people he just escaped from. Yes. And is taken back to the cell yep. that that he was just removed from. And it's, this whole sequence adds nothing to the show other than fills out about 12 minutes of time. Yep. Because it's more padding after that, because Joe hears the sound again. Yep. The Ogrons attack. Ogrons, sorry. Yep. They're taken out. There's a shootout. And they're put back in custody again. Yeah, so this time it's a battle between the Earth people and the Ogrons rather than the yep. Earth people and Draconia. These guards must be sick of this, aren't they? Put a roof <laughs> on the Earth. Go a different way. Take a car. Yes. Just don't keep walking up and down that walkway. Um yeah, so they, then there's a fight with the Ogrons. The Ogrons seems to be uh, totally immune to the gunfire, don't they? Because yeah. at one point, one gets shot at point-blank range in the stomach by the guy off to the side, and just nothing happens. And you no. think, was he meant to fall down? <laughs> was, you know, did he not want to lay down on the concrete? Um, so, yeah, so an, a, another fight. The Ogrons take the Doctor. Yes. Um and then, then who attacks them then? Someone else attacks them, don't they? Well, the Doctor's given a yeah. taste of the mind probe. Everyone keeps talking about yeah. mind probes, don't they? Yes. In this. Yeah. Both sides have got a mind probe. And oh, no, the Doctor hasn't been taken. That's, no, no, that's General yeah, Williams that's ordering. Yeah. Because yeah. he gets more and more cross because yeah. the mind probe's telling yeah, them cause, that cause the it, Doctor is telling the truth. Yeah, because the Ogrons take the Doctor, but then the Ogrons immediately get killed, don't they, and evaporated. Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, oh, that was worthwhile. Then, yeah, and then the Doctor's taken to the, moon, to the mind probe. Because Williams wants to use the mind probe, but the President says it, it destroys minds. But the Doctor's quite, he says, oh, I've, I'm all right with these things, aren't I? I've destroyed yeah. mind probes. Yeah. He's quite boastful, isn't he? Quite a nice little, uh, nice little sequence when he's on the mind probe. Well, it does look like a hubcap on his it does head. A bit. It does a bit. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I like the way he's talking to the, the the girl behind the controls rather than General Williams. He yes. Listen, Willie. He won't listen. I love that. <laughs> Pertwee does that so well. Yeah. Well, it doesn't work, does it? And yeah. that's when the president pleads with the doctor, "Come on, tell tell us who you're working for." And when he refuses, that's when he's sentenced to go to the lunar prison. Yes. <laughs> Which consists of a cyclorama of the moon surface. And a big bay window. We've seen this in the Patrick Troughton Cyberman story. Almost identical Almost, to yeah. have a setup like this. Possibly the same um, backdrop. This is again, though. They say we're going to we're going to send you to the moon prison. Cut, hard cut. I'm at the moon prison. Yep. No voyage or anything. No. You know. I mean, the, the, even even in um, the Seeds of Death, they had uh, they had T-Mat. They could have done something like that, couldn't they? 
just him arriving yeah. and, and, and going through, I don't know, the quarantine thing or something. You yeah. know, he, he just wanders into that room, doesn't it's a, he? It's immediately there, yeah, for, for no readily apparent reason. And again, this entire moon sequence is pure padding. Mm. There, 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 there's yeah. no point to this no. whole bit at all. Because down on Earth, that's when the President and Williams, they're looking at the rap sheets for yeah. the Doctor and Joe, these falsified ones, uh, which apparently were provided by Sirius 4. Yeah. And their representative has arrived to think, take them to Sirius do you, 4. Do you think he was part of the Sirius crime unit? Oh, very good. Sorry. That's, no, um, that's, that's all right, actually. <laughs> it's a good one. I wish I thought um, of that. So, yeah, so the Master turns up, doesn't he? Because I'm presuming he supplied these... Uh, these rap sheets. Yes. You can't really yeah. read it, but it seems very, very menial stuff, isn't it? It's like tax fraud and, yeah, and yeah. stealing from a corner shop and stuff like that. Um, yeah, is it this scene that the master turns up and he yes. immediately enlivens everything? He's so yeah. good. Well, his outfit sure does. He's, he's got the yeah. old spiky shoulder pads yeah, as well. Yeah, he's got spiky shoulder pads. a bit of a sparkly sort of outfit going on. He carries it off though, doesn't he? Yeah, I tell you what. What I love about him in this outfit is, you know, it's a big mystery who he's working for, who yeah. this third party is, who is it behind the master, and that's clearly a Dalek logo on his chest. Yeah. It's a very stylized image of a Dalek. I've, I can't see. I've noticed that. I'll have to have a look at that. Have a look. If you type yeah. in, if, if if you can look at it now, if you that's can Google, you know, Frontier in Space Master, you have a look. That is basically a Dalek you're looking at. Uh, on his chest, but then I I didn't notice that the um, the giant robot image was. The oh well, yes, yeah. Oh yeah. God, you're right. It is, isn't it? It's a front-on view of a Dalek. Dalek. <laughs> oh God, Do that can't that... be a coincidence. No, that's a Dalek looking through a tube, isn't it? Looking through a little window yeah. in a Dalek, Roger Delgado's a Dalek, chest. Yeah, a Dalek looking through a porthole. Yes, How built I into his chest. Well, well done for... <laughs> it's hilarious, isn't it? Yeah. Nobody goes, oh, you, your top looks a bit like a Dalek. Mm. Do you know what else is um, is interesting? So the picture I'm looking at is it gives a clear view of the uh, M16 gun. It's the Lawgiver Mark One. Oh, yeah, with the, the drop-down yeah. um, ammo thing, yeah. Well, the ammo on the top and the ammo on the bottom. On, on the bottom, yeah. Uh, even the barrel is the same. Uh, we just... We're just, uh, it's a conspiracy. It is. It, it, everything has uh, stemmed from Frontier in Space. Yeah. yeah. This is the most influential show. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, that Dalek's thrown me now. That's like, that's mind blowing. Yes. Have Every you time seen you that? watch yeah. it now. Did you see it or have you seen it anywhere else written down? No, I just, that, that's yeah. clearly a Dalek. <coughs> it is. Yeah. Um, he goes to see Joe. He does, and yes. uh, he, he admits to everything how he found the TARDIS. You know, imagine my surprise yeah. when my, my, my Ogron friends brought back the cargo the freighter TARDIS. and the yeah. Doctor's TARDIS there. And uh, so he's telling her everything, but not why he's trying to start no. a war. I love, I love this. I mean, it's 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 almost Doctor Smith levels of silliness. Is what you know on what he'll try and kill him, and then he'll be their best friends. But I love it when he's treating them as confidants and that. And it, like I say, the the dialogue between him and uh, uh, Katie Manning is absolutely brilliant. It so works. It's like he's he's happy to see them, isn't he? Mm, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like oh, someone I can uh, I can show my plans off to. Whee. Well, I've got my my favourite moment in this whole story. Uh, I'll tell you about when we get yeah. there. But it's something along those lines. Yes. Um, so 
again, just more padding. He springs yep. the Doctor from the lunar base. Like you say, there's absolutely no reason for the Doctor to be there. No. Um, and the Doctor and, and Joe join him aboard his ship. Um, and as I say, that's the only ship that was made by the BBC for this story. Well, we, we've, we've got the interminable jail escape first, though, haven't we? Oh, of course. Oh, God. what the... Yeah. No air in the tanks. That yeah. is pure padding. That so, character is uh, pure padding. All of the, the people the Doctor meets on that lunar base yeah. are unnecessary, apart so from letting you know that they, they want a revolution. Yeah, so, they, so the, the, doctors, the Doctor goes to the lunar base and he meets what you, f- you first think is going to be the stool pigeon character. So he meets the, uh, the political prisoner that immediately befriends the Doctor. That goes nowhere. That character nope. does nothing, goes nowhere. Then he meets the professor, and this is a professor well-known... Kettlewell. Yeah, Professor he, Kettlewell. This it, is a basically. Resi- this is Blake, isn't it? This is a <laughs> resistance leader. Yep. Um, and evidently, they've put all their because because this is weird as well. So the president seems to be a nice, normal lady. She seems quite pleasant. She's not doesn't act like a dictator. In fact, she's got hardly any power. Blah blah blah. The military are not in charge, but this is a massive dictatorship that absolutely you know, hounds their people and puts them in prison on the moon and mm. doesn't allow dissent and doesn't allow votes and that. And yet at one point they the the uh William says to the President, uh, if you don't if you're not powerful you'll be voted out sort of thing. So it, it you're right, it is very inconsistently it is. It plotted. Is. Um so yeah, so the doctor is on the moon. He constantly badgers this I have to say, terrible actor playing the resistance leader who seems to have forgotten his lines. Mm. Um, he's constantly looking about all the time. We meet um, Sladden from Quatermass in the Pit. You know, I, yeah. I was looking at his face. It's like, I know you, yeah. I know you. And I kept rewinding it. And then I saw him and I said, I know you, I know you. And, it, and it, just recently, I had a bit of a Quatermass, yeah. you know, binge watch. And it's like... You're you're the engineer guy who who, who goes mad and walks funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's the one that says it's good to be insured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should have done the insurance of it. So yeah, he's really good. He's a he's, he plays a, a good part in this. But again, go, doesn't really do anything. So the the warden of the prison is corrupt. Yeah, he's got the 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 trustees who are bad guys running the prison. Um, the, the funniest scene in, in probably all of Doctor Who is when they go and have their tea and it's in baby dribble cups. Yes. <laughs> You've got this, the shot of John Percy <laughs> sipping from a baby cup. Yes. It's like, oh, God. Um, and then, so, yeah, they decide that uh, they, they, they bribe um, they bribe Sladden uh, to supply them with two spaceships so that they can walk across the moon's surface to get to a spaceship to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's no air in the tanks because they want to kill them as a, to show off that, that you know they're bad guys and that. And then you know don't don't try and escape. We're bad guys. Don't escape. We'll kill you. Uh, then the master turns up and handed uh, everyone's handed over to him. Yep. So it goes nowhere. No, absolute pure padding. There was no need for it. you could no. lose an episode just oh, in God, b- b- yeah. with all those bits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they, they they go on his ship. Off they take. As I say, yeah. that was made by the BBC uh, by Ian Schoons. He made that. Yeah. Um, the the nose of it, that round nose, is actually a light bulb. Um, you know that. 
um, you know, from your model making, yeah. you know, that if you make something out uh, that's clear, you, you can mask up the cockpit windows, you paint yep, it all, take right. the mask in, tape off, you've got a clear window, you don't have to put one in. Exactly, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, um, So, but there's actually two, because later on, um, they, yeah, where the scene where that ship has to dock with the, the Ogron ship, they were pretty much exactly the same size, but the Ogron ship is meant to be much bigger. Yeah. So that's when Matt Irving was given like half an hour to go back to the workshop and make a smaller version, which he did. And for that, he used a ping pong ball for the nose of his one. Right. All right. And also a little uh, special effects thing. They did the, which I, I, I still consider a genius idea, is when they did all the filming of the, the Master's ship uh, flying through space, they filmed it upside down. Yeah. Um, because everybody is, you look above a model to look for the wires that it's flying on, but if you film it upside down and then flip it, the wires are actually at the bottom and people don't look for the wires at the bottom of the screen. And I think that's a genius idea. It's, it's very clear. It's a simple trick, but it works. Because mm. you go, no wires. Yeah, you don't no. look underneath. <coughs> yeah. And uh, they're going to go back to the Ogron homeworld, aren't they? They're on their way back to the Ogron homeworld. Uh, what, do you, what, what do you think of the master reading War of the Worlds? Uh, I, I think it's a nice little touch, I think. Because they, they've done this a few times, haven't we, where like, the Doctor reads the time machine and that. But this is... Because this is what's happening, isn't it? Is, is he's setting up a war between the worlds. Yes. Um, I like it. I always thought that this was a, a mock-up book because it looks awful, but evidently it isn't, is it? It's no, a, no, no, that, no, no. It's an that, actual that, published edition. Yes, yeah. What I like it. I think it's quite sweet. I, I, I like the master watching the clangers in yeah. the Sea Devils, I, you know? I, I mean, I, I could watch Rodgers Delgado doing anything, and he's brilliant in these scenes, like, you know, where he's saying, uh, poor Miss Grant, the doctor's in... Uh, uh, you know, a brilliant mood or whatever. It's, he's so good. He is so mm. good. Um, I can't remember. Are they back on the, the police ship? Yeah, they're back on the police ship now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. on their way, as I say, to the yeah. Ogron homeworld. That's when the the Doctor decides to do an escape bid, and that's, that's it, when yeah. you've got Joe waffling on and on and on constantly. Yeah. Well, um, this is this is. Um, she was very proud of this one because the director said, um, "You're professional enough. Just make it up." So she's. This is all supposedly ad-libbed dialogue, and boy, does it show! It's awful. Yeah. I mean, it also makes the master out to be an idiot because yeah. it's so obvious that that what's happening. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe he really likes the book. Could be. Yeah. Well, it's a good book. I mean, we're it's both fantastic. fans. It's my favourite book. Yeah. Book. yeah. Mm. Both probably read it far too many times. Far too many times. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you've got John Pertwee at Ealing. Haven't you on yes. wires, very yeah. visible wires? I mean, I I don't know whether it actually is John Pertwee. No, it know. is. It is John Pertwee. Yeah. This might be why he had a bad back. Could be yeah. well, <laughs> you know, for yeah, some yeah. of the filming. Perhaps this is this is hilarious. So not only are we are we uh, up to I think um, huge padding sequence part six, um, this goes nowhere. But yeah, so you get a, a wire walk EVA. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't do this upside down, did they? Because the wires no. are, are like steel hawsers holding him up. And my favourite bit is when he opens the, uh, or he presses a button to open the airlock, and then you can see the stage hand. You see the hand. Who's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that? What I find hilarious is when you see all the close-ups because we're watching it HD yeah. on a big TV. That little round thing he's got on his 
face visor is clearly a hole. There's yes, just, yeah, there's a hole into yes, so it didn't steam up or we could breathe or whatever. Yeah, no, it is completely yeah. complete padding, isn't yeah. it? Until and the I, draconians I, arrive. Yeah, I forgot to say as well in the when we when we had the interminable sequence of him escaping from the moon. It's like they showed the entire sequence of him putting a spacesuit on. And then they mm. sort of do the same on this one, isn't it? It just goes on and on and on. And um, it's going to be repeated, repeated in yeah. episode six as yeah. well. Um, yeah, um, so, he, so he, he, may, he goes to the cockpit. But in the meantime, the master's gone down from the cockpit to the prison bay. Yeah. Um, and then th- holds Miss Grant hostage and threatens her for the doctor. But in the meantime, the doctor's... No, he hasn't come back in, has he? He comes. No. He comes in from. It, it's so lamely done, yeah, and he uses the... he uses his um his belt or his tie or something to start whipping the master. Oh, uh, oh dear. That um um no that don't that doesn't quite work, does it? Um, no. And it's at that point that's when the draconians arrive. Yes, and like um, I say, I get a lo- the lovely scene which makes all this worthwhile is when the master's like, who's who's that? I'm not expecting anyone. It's brilliant. <laughs> no, it's no, so no. Good. I've got something. I've got something that tops that. Oh. But I'll, I'll tell you when we reach it. Yeah. So the the draconians arrive in in a ship that's got a cockpit that looks just like an Earth freighter's yeah, cockpit or a police yeah, ship's strange, cockpit. Strange that, isn't it? It's in fact the only the only different cockpit we've seen so far is the Ogron ship, isn't it? Yes. And they've they've just got a flat wall panel and a seat. I've still got a problem with an Ogron knowing how to fly a spaceship. Yeah, if they're so thick that they can barely talk, yeah. how do they fly spaceships? Yes, indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, we next see the Emperor in his very yes. impressive throne room, and uh, this is John Woodnut yeah, playing, old, um, playing, playing Broton, the Emperor. isn't it? Yes, yeah. He's, he's got, again, superb accent and a great voice, and it, mm. he is. I think he's one of the best things in this Serial. He's so good as the emperor. He's got. Yeah, he, do, he yeah. does that roll in his R's thing, which is great. He's doing that, that, and he and and he's putting a uh, an emphasis on the S's because yeah. he was told to play the emperor like a large lizard. So yes. this is why we've got a bit of hissing going on. Thank, thankfully, we don't go as far as the ice warriors hissing. No. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's nice. It's just a shame none of the other Silurians, none of the other Draconians are doing it. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But out of all the draconians, he looks the best. I think yeah. lighting plays yes. a, yeah. a, a large part here. You know, the yeah. moody lighting really helps sell him as well. Yeah. So the the, the doctor and the master uh, and Joe Grant are taken before him, and uh, the doctor has the temerity to approach him because yes, of course, your com- yeah, of course, the doctor has been to Draconia and saved their planet some time ago. Majesty, I bring the prisoners. May I have permission to address the Emperor? Wait! This is an insult! My life at your command, sire. How dare you address the Emperor in a manner reserved for a noble of Draconia? Ah, but I am a noble of Draconia. The honour was conferred on me by the 15th Emperor. The 15th Emperor reigned 500 years ago. Your Majesty, do not be taken in by this ridiculous story. Be silent! There is a legend among our people of a man who assisted the 15th Emperor at a time of great trouble when we were almost overwhelmed 
by a great plague from outer space. But you could not be that man. No earth man lives so long. Your Majesty, this man that you speak of, was he not known as the Doctor? And did he not come to this planet in a spaceship called the TARDIS? He did. Well, I am that man, sire. And I come from a race of people that live far longer than any earth man. Even if I accept your claim, you have broken our law. Why did you violate draconian space? Your Majesty, this man was and still is my prisoner. It is true, Your Majesty. I did come here as a prisoner, but I, I came willingly in order to inform you that this man is plotting a war between Earth and Draconia. All Earthmen are determined upon war. Ah, but the Master is not an Earthman. I'm sorry to have to admit it, but he's a renegade of my own race. And he's using creatures called Ogrons to attack your spaceships and those of the Earthmen. The Earthmen who attacked our spaceships, they have been seen many times. I'm sorry, but there you are in error, sir. Your people have seen Ogrons, but they appear to them as Earthmen because of a hypnotic device. It's true, Your Majesty. When the Ogrons attacked the Earthships, the Earthmen saw them as Draconians. Silence! Females are not permitted to speak in the presence of the Emperor. Your Majesty, do not be deceived by the pathetic ravings of two criminals trying to evade justice. If what you say is true, it would explain much. We lived at peace with the Earthmen for many years. Then suddenly they began to raid our spaceships. When we protested, they said that we were attacking them. In order to cover up their own attacks. This is simply a plot of the Earthmen to lull us into false security. Speak, Your Majesty. A spaceship from Earth seeks permission to land in the palace spaceport. They say they're on a special mission from the President of Earth. This is a trick. You must not allow them to land. We are not yet at war with Earth. I shall hear what that president has to say. I give my permission. Your Majesty. A wise decision, Your Majesty. For only by Earth and Draconia working together can we hope to arrive at the truth. I too welcome your wisdom, Your Majesty. Nobody could be more devoted to the cause of peace than I. As a commissioner of Earth's interplanetary police, I have devoted my life to the cause of law and order. And law and order can only exist in a time of peace. You feeling all right, old chap? Only during a period of social stability can society adequately deal with criminals such as this man and this unfortunate girl? Doctor, listen. That sound. Silence, female. Quiet. Which doctor do you think it was? I've got it here. Which incarnation yeah. I've got written <coughs> down, you know? Because I can't see Hartnell uh, bowing down to... Uh, yeah, but there could be 2,000 before this That's now, true, couldn't there? Yes, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. no, he has the temerity to go up yeah. and says, my life at your command. Yeah. How dare uh, you address the emperor? Only a noble of Draconia can do that. And, and he is. Yeah. He is uh, <laughs> my, good, my good sir, I am a noble of Draconia. Uh, I do like the fact that he, uh, again, a, a sign of the slow, 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 rush for the scene, slow, slow, slow. He convinces them that he's telling the truth. Just, but he goes... Was did did you have a legend of a man called the Doctor? Well, yeah, we did. And did he travel in a, a TARDIS? Yeah, we did. Okay, you must be telling. The you truth. must be him then. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the most hilarious scene in the entire thing is. Are you going to talk about the lackey? Oh no! Oh, no. All right. I was going to say the Ogrons turn up. So they say uh, a police ship is is uh, coming into land. Oh, let it through. It must be his ship. 
and the doctor's going, I think you should be aware. And then the Ogrons immediately come into the throne room. So is, yes. is the landing ramp Just outside connected? the door. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a bit... It's a bit silly. No, I was going to say, just before that bit happens, um, a lackey comes in, which I found hilarious. He comes in to say, you know, that, uh, you know, the president has arrived. Yes. A ship has arrived. It must be the president. But that lackey isn't wearing that mask very well. And I think, no. you know, we're, 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 we've got an idea here how, how things might have gone if it wasn't done so well, because that's yeah. a badly fitting draconian mask. And it's clear what's going on there, you know. Yeah, you get you get a feeling um, there wasn't anyone to do his makeup, so he did it. Yeah, <laughs> he, I can put that mask on. Yeah, <laughs> but imme- immediately after that, and just before the Ogrons come in, yeah. is my favourite moment, and it's the bit where the master is giving this speech to the emperor about how he loves peace oh, and everything. Oh God, yeah, that's a brilliant moment. Yeah. And and John Pertwee looks at you know Katie Manning, and then he just taps Roger on the shoulder and he goes. Are you feeling all right, old chap? And yeah. I, th- I think that's brilliant. I think it's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Superb, yeah. This. Are you feeling all right, old chap? Yeah. No, you wouldn't get that, I don't think, from any other doctor with any other incarnation yeah. of the master. You know, no, Pertwee could pull this sort of stuff off, especially with Roger Delgado. He could pull this off, and you're not... With any other doctor, you'd be pulled out of the character, wouldn't you? You'd be going, yeah. wow bit of comedy or so it's absolutely but it's you're right it's the way he looks at joe grant and he's so like concerned about him because this is early days master before we got what we've now got and you know so you know he will say doctor are you are you all right you know when he thinks he's still in the cell and you know when he's first introduced yeah yeah you know and he's the doctor's told the master has appeared. He goes, "Oh, that jackanapes." He's yeah. not his mortal enemy. He's not no. his nemesis or anything at this point. No, you get. Are you, you get feeling all right, old chap? <laughs> they just act like two two friends that that had a falling you know, out. Had a falling out. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. He's, I mean, he is the master to me. Everything mm. else is just exactly. Well, we're, we're, we've got to talk about this when we do yeah. finally start talking about all the different versions of the master. But yeah. Yeah, except no substitute in my uh, exactly. Yeah, in, in my eyes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the Ogrons attack, um, and um, but the Draconians are seeing Earthmen, aren't they? Yes. And he gets the Emperor to focus hard, and the Earthman does turn into an Ogron. Well, he does that again, second time in the story where uh, the, the, he goes. Uh, it's an Earthman, and they're taking him away. And the Doctor says, "Concentrate again." And the uh, the Emperor goes, "Wait, Wait, what's happening?" And then it cuts, and it's he's still an Earthman, and then it slowly turns. Uh, yeah, still an Earthman yes. slowly turns into an Ogron. So, like, oh, okay. Yeah. So that yeah, they've left one behind. The Ogrons yes. have arrived to spring the Master, haven't they? And yeah, the, the Master's master, not master, happy that yeah, they've left one behind. This, isn't it? He's got absolute disdain. That he's he's reduced to dealing with to these working with this lot. Idiots. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah they, I, I love the way that that they are so stupid that the mind probe won't actually work on them. Yeah, because I like they're that. just he, so he, dumb. Yeah, he says they, he's got the greatest defense. He's stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they go off. They go off in the in the master ships ship yep. with the prince with the draconian prince, um, followed by the master. Who is now behind them, even though they yeah. they went off. They left the first, ma- but he's waiting to follow them, even though he knows where they're going. 
Yeah. And more padding yeah. because then we get the dock in, we get a gunfight. The doctor's yeah. actually got a gun during that gunfight. Well, um, the, the Ogrons storm in, charge, charge, and then the, another ship turns up, run away, run away. Yes. It's yeah. so pointless, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's again, there just lo- so that yeah. they escape with Joe. Yeah, exactly that. It's We, we get a, a gunfight, and the trouble with all these gunfights, because they take place in such a confined little tiny studio set, it, it's, it reminds me of almost naked gun yes. you know, police squad sort of gunfights where literally the draconian and uh, uh, prince and doctor the doctor who are like two feet away from these yes. runs, yeah, yeah 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 and they can't hit them but it's pointless why didn't when the when the ogrons you know yeah, why didn't they keep freed master joe take joe there you wouldn't yeah. need any of this bit would well, you we, we had 10 minutes to fill didn't we yeah true when the master's talking to Joe and he's saying we're going back to yeah. uh, you know the o- Ogron's home planet and he and he says Miss Grant there's no place like home, that line was Roger Delgado's last ever line that he ever oh, said as the master. Yeah, yeah. That's so sad. Yeah. But uh, but after that we have the brilliant moment where he you know you will obey me. Yes. And and Joe just starts doing nursery rhymes. This this is I mean. I, Again, I'm not a great fan of Katie Mann's style of acting. A lot of people seem to like it. Um, but this is a nice scene, again, between the Master and Joe Grant, where he's trying all his tricks on her, and nothing's working. And you can see that look of respect cross the Master's face. He's mm. almost proud that this girl has <laughs> defeated him, isn't it? It's so, so lovely played. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, he would be because he's so used to getting his own way. I think he really does enjoy when it there's a challenge. Mm. Mm. Um, General Williams's ship is another one of these yep. uh, Century 21 rehashes. Um, but the cockpit is a bit familiar. Yes. Because they're using the same one, they're just redressing yep. it a little bit. Yeah, no, ma- no matter what these ships are, they all have the same <laughs> sparse cockpit. But the script says that it's the brightest, most ultra-modern of the flight decks that we have seen so far. Did they, did they uh, put a bit of tinsel on it? So, yeah, there's nothing, <laughs> is there? It's, they've taken down the nudie pics. I suppose that's something. They did take down the nudie pics. What is the whole point of this ship breaking down and John Pertwee going outside to fix it? Padding, padding, padding. You uh, could have, th- this could have been a four-parter. Easily. Well, that's, that's why I think that it probably was a four-parter, and then due to behind-scenes stuff, they've had to extend it. I mean, fair dues rather than I suppose just write, you know, tacking on Invasion of Time style, tacking on two new episodes. Although that might have been better, they've spread the padding out, mm. but it means each episode has about eight minutes of continual padding. And this, yeah, this is again one of those give them something to do Mm. yeah I saw on a forum and now I I, I listen to it I can't not hear it is that Dudley Simpson's music through this whole spacewalk bit where he's trying to fix it and everything he's he's using a lot of electronic music and somebody on the forum was saying that is the the very germ the basis of the idea of what would he he would use for his Tomorrow People theme. Oh, right. 
And if you go back and listen to that, it does sound like the music from the Tomorrow People. I do like the Tomorrow People. Yeah, oh, that that opening credits. Yeah. I mean, that's top five, definitely yes, yeah. best I um, think, openings ever. I think Shame about should, the show. I think to illustrate this, you should play the Tomorrow People music on this episode. All right, I'll put it in just yeah. about now. here. There we are. Okay, so that was a bit of Tomorrow People for anybody. I can't see anybody who who, who likes seventies era Doctor not Who knowing not knowing yeah. Tomorrow People. And if yeah. you if you saw this live, you probably did watch the Tomorrow People. Because when was yes. Tomorrow People around about this? About the same time. Yeah. I mean, the Tomorrow People famously wasn't it? It, it was the ITV's equivalent. Yes. Uh, or answer to Doctor Who. I think yeah. it was seventy-three. I think it started seventy-three, 73. finished about seventy-nine, eighty, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And what I suppose what we're we're sort of forgetting, we're being a bit um, a bit put down in blase, as is our want about this. But this was um, this was seen as top of the range sci-fi, mm. wasn't it at the time? Yep. You yep. know this this would have been. Um, the equivalent of watching Star Wars, really. Yes, yeah, back then, yeah. 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 <coughs> Excuse me, got... Yes. Um, on the Ogron planet, we see the Ogron god. There's a painting yes. of it on the wall. Oh. And therein lies a bit of a problem, which yep. we'll talk about when we finally when we see it. it. Oh. Yes, yeah. Because um, in then the it's... book, it's a big lizard, and I was expecting ah. a big lizard. Right, well, it was meant to be a yeah. dragon, right. basically. Um, but they didn't have the money to make they, it, so they... They found an old duvet, didn't they? They, they, they yeah. did what they did. And yeah, there's a painting of it, yes. In um, fact, you, you could intercut the clip of that and then the uh, uh, Trevor and Simon doing, we don't do duvets! We don't do yeah. duvets, yeah. Because um, we're just about to see the yes, duvet. The duvet it, it's in a quarry. The, I, I, I like the way that the, the Ogron planet is a quarry. You can see them yep. coming from such a hard, brutal place. Yeah, you can. This is. It's also, it's also quite shocking. We're, we've been so used to being stuck on these pitiful spaceship sets for so long that when you finally get an outdoor shot, it's like, oh! Yes. It really throws you. It's like, oh my God. And it looks really good. What I mean, it's been photographed really well. on this planet. Nothing. Yeah, no, I think it looks terrific. <laughs> it looks I mean, brilliant, it, yeah. It's been shot very well, and you've got that wind effect. Yeah, to, and the BBC to, to know to think. They certainly do, yeah. And you see them, they stop. I think yeah. it's General Williams stops, and he goes, oh, look, it's a large footprint. And that was meant to be a sign that, you know, the, yeah. the dragon was near. Because you know? this, this um, duvet doesn't have feet. No, well, we... Well, maybe we it, don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's like yeah. the Dark Star alien. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I just it, I'm just picturing it now. Just this duvet with a pair of feet sticking out the bottom. You know, sort of Wizard and Chips style. Yeah, because we're just about to sit because yes. they're, they're ambushed by the Ogrons, but the Ogrons are interrupted by. Yeah. I mean, that shot. It looks like a giant testicle to me on, does, the, on, yeah. on the brow of a hill. Yeah. It's just a blown up duvet or it's something, a hairy isn't bollock, it? Isn't it? It's, it's a hairy bollocks. <laughs> it's a load of bollock. Um. And, yeah, that's when Joe or General Williams you, goes, um, there's a ship landing. Do you think Eagle Moss are going to do a figure of this? What, of the testicle? Of the testicle. You could do your own, couldn't you? Just well, I got up the hospital, having, wouldn't I? <laughs> well, next time you're having meatballs, drop one on the floor so it picks up a few cat hairs. There you go. Put a pair of, like, little, you know, Playmobil shoes yeah, underneath Playmobil it. Yeah, Playmobil shoes and a couple of googly eyes or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what, though? Still not as bad as the creature from the pit. What can you say? Well, this is an orange one, and the creature from true, the pit yeah. was a green, green one, one with 
with a breathing tube. Yeah. Do you think, mate, behind, mate, do you think behind this there's Tom Baker? Inflating <laughs> it. Inflating it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could God. well be. Could well be. Um, yeah, a ship lands. They go, yes. oh, look, there's a ship landing, and we get a lot of dust blown in their faces. We don't see it. Um, the master pops up at that point, and with less than 10 minutes to go of the very last episode... We get the, I've brought some old friends to meet you yes. moment. This, this is the point where this should have been episode four. Hmm. And then the final two episodes are Battling the Daleks. Do you remember watching this for the very first time? Is it too long ago? I, I vaguely remember bits of it. I remember Planet of the Daleks more. Because obviously hmm. it's the Daleks. And I remember the, the uh, Spiridons and all that sort of thing. And, but do you remember your reaction to you? You, you I, look at the clock. Yeah. Oh, it, it's going to be dinner soon. This will be over in ten minutes, and then what? suddenly I, the Daleks appear. Because because back then, certainly I didn't know. I mean, we never really got the radio time, so I didn't know whether a story would be one part, two parts, eight parts, twenty parts. So I probably wouldn't have even, you know, I wouldn't have thought, oh, it's the last episode. What's going to happen? Um, I can imagine I would have been absolutely shocked to see the Daleks. My jaw would be on the floor yeah. because we're used to, whenever the Daleks is in it, uh, or in anything, the story is something, something of the Daleks, of isn't it? Of the Daleks, it? yeah. Hairy mm. duvet of the Daleks, yeah. Not in the very last episode no. of a story. This is really, a really clever idea. It's not, I mean, circumstances mean that it's... Uh, you know, it, it, it's not done particularly well, but but it's a clever idea, I think, to to introduce the Daleks late on because they had the idea that this was going to be one mammoth sort of uh, twelve parter, wasn't it? Mm. This was meant to rival the Daleks' master plan. Uh, unfortunately, it's two completely different stories sellotaped together, um, and they're barely in it because you know they yeah. make an appearance. Okay, you only see three of them because the BBC at that time only had three, only working, had three Daleks. working Daleks. Yeah. And you can also you can visibly see the absolute disdain on John Pertwee's face, can't you? And this is mm. like he, yeah, he he does not like the Daleks. No, no. Well, the Daleks want him exterminated immediately. But they don't do the, it, though, do they? No, no. Well, the Master says no, no, no. Keep him alive. You know, I want to see him see Earth fall. Yes. Of course, now we know that when they're screaming exterminate, they're actually reloading their weaponry. They are. They Bollocks. Are. Yes. <laughs> i tell you what I love, and, and it is hilarious. And if you haven't spotted it, go back and have a look, Ian. The, the three Daleks that are talking to the Master, yeah. and they've got the Doctor there, the Dalek operators were inexperienced, okay? Yes. And when they go to leave, the gold one goes off first. The one on the left then leaves. The one on the right is struggling. And if you look carefully, <laughs> you can see Roger Delgado actually gives it a push. Yeah. He, he actually pushes <laughs> it to move, make it move. Yeah. Like, like, like the, the, the guy on the Dodgems who, who gives yeah. your Dodgem car a bit of a push. That's what he does. Yeah. That, that would be brilliant if he had hopped up on top of it. Like in yeah. the Dodgems. And you've got all the sparks coming yeah. off the top. Scream um, if you want to go faster. Well, you know, they Daleks originally, that, that, yeah. there was a smell just like the Dodgers like at the Fun Dodgers, Fair, they yes, say. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they're gone. They, gone they, yeah. they, 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 they go off the right side of the screen. You never see yeah. them again. Exit pursued by Bear. Yeah. They, um, yeah. You they, hear them yeah. when, the, when, when the Master's talking to them, but you never see them again. What the bloody hell's the point of that, then? Do they not appear? Oh, I'm trying to... 
No, they're not you in it again. It, you might be right, yeah. Yeah. They're in that they're in it for less than five minutes in the last ten minutes. You, it's almost of as the if they episode. It's almost as if they forgot that this was meant to be connected to the next one. Weren't we meant to put Daleks in it? Oh god. <laughs> Luckily I got three in a tranny van out the back. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah, the, the, the end now yeah. is a, a big convoluted a mess. Isn't it? it is. Now, I it always is. thought for years the, 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 the theories involved in this was that um, Roger Delgado died in the car crash and so he wasn't available to do pickup shots. It's bollocks. There's, a, <coughs> there's a, a goodly amount of time. He had finished all his, his filming. This, this was basically due to incompetence isn't it it's yeah they didn't get the shots they needed they didn't get the shots they needed yep the uh the ogron god was meant to be in it a lot more there was a script uh discrepancy because they are supposed to general williams and the other guy are meant to go off and then the doctor and joe are stranded but then somehow the tardis materializes but there's absolutely no explanation why the tardis materializes Perhaps it was the Hads. Perhaps one mm. of the Ogrons tried kicking it and it, the Hads maybe, kicked in. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. One thing that I forgot to mention, that we were talking about plot points, and the one thing that's always sort of worried me is... So so when we're back, back in a couple of episodes, when, when the Draconians were talking to um, uh, Williams and... They were talking about it, said he started a space war. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah over uh, a misunderstanding. Yeah, over a misunderstanding. So he says, so William goes, you attacked us, you came in a battleship. And the Draconian goes, uh, it was a How battle cruiser, would? how else would you get there? But our weapons were, uh, were unloaded as yes. per the treaty. And you opened fire. But then, so General Williams went to a, a weaponless meeting. His ship had weapons. It shouldn't have had weapons. Yeah. yeah. How did he yeah. blow them up? Yeah. He's a hypocrite. Yeah. He is. Fascist. He is. Yeah. Well, he just disappears because yeah. we've yeah, got this, this yeah. mess of a struggle, yeah. haven't we? Where, you know, the, the Ogrons come in because the doctors made them see, you know, uh, their, yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the Daleks. Yeah. Oh, and, the Daleks, that's right. Yeah, makes them see the Daleks. So they're all yeah. panicking. There's a struggle. The master accidentally shoots the doctor. Yeah, uh, General Williams. It, it, and took, it took me several watches of this originally to work out what, why, what, because it's not really apparent that the master has accidentally shot him, is it? It's not. It's not well staged at all. It's very badly yeah. done. General Williams and the other guy, yeah. they go round a corner of the corridor. You never see him again. Because, because you think, hang on, what about the space war? Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he's injured. Yep. Joe helps him into the TARDIS. I don't know why Joe, Joe's now got the, the master's gun, but she has. Yep. Helps him in, and it, it's all to set up this shot where he's got to call for the Time Lords. Yes. Yeah, to mm. set up ready for the next story, Planet of yeah. Daleks. Yeah. Um, do you know what it feels like? It feels like they, they got to the end of the day filming this, and they went, okay, lads, that's everything. Everyone go home, and half the cast went off, and John Pertwee and Roger Delgado were talking around chatting, going, who's going to get the taxi tomorrow? And then the director went, oh, no, we didn't film the end, did we? It's not finished. Yeah, and then they tried to make it up with the people that they had left. No, it's not good, is it? It's terrible. It's terrible. I don't don't know how well-received this story was, but and I don't 
really understand why the Draconians never came back. Yeah, in, that's, in, that, in that's weird. Cause, because, I mean, we, we've just spent um, however long we've spent talking uh, lambasting this. But at the end of the day, it's thoroughly enjoyable. Mm. Don't watch it all in one go. You'll go mental. But, yeah, as a episodic, it's enjoyable. And it was all, like I say, it must have gone down well because it was always regarded by the fan base <coughs> as this amazing epic um but why yeah why haven't the draconians ever appeared again they were popular enough to get a weetabix card yes you know they appeared in things like the monster book and and poster mags and stuff like that they is it down to rights i don't know they they, they were a favorite of john pertwee's yeah, as well yeah. weren't they yeah i mean he, he it's often said in interviews that when he invented the uh, the half mask he mm. was a bit of a braggart, wasn't he? Um, yeah. yeah when, <laughs> when he, you know, when he invented uh, the combustion engine, um, yeah, he loved this because it, he could act with people, and you can see he's thriving when he's talking to the draconian actors in a way that he's certainly not when he's talking to the Daleks. No, no, no. Okay, uh, right. So it doesn't really end; it just stops, doesn't it? It does stop. Yeah. It does stop. Um, I, I love the Draconians. I've yes, always liked the Draconians. And um, merchandise-wise, I've got the Eagle Moss figure, which I, uh, I had, haven't. Had, 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 I oh, you should get it. It needs yeah. repainting. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put a photo of oh, my yeah, repainted like one. I um, the Draconians starred in one of my sort of favourite um, backup strips, which I, I Star was, Tigers. Yes, yeah. I love I love that Draconian in there. Yeah, that's such yeah. a good a good idea. Mm. And we, I think I'm, we said last time, didn't we, that the the, the new series Silurians are much more draconian than yes, Silurian. Yeah, yeah. Star Tigers is actually the reason I'm going to start buying up Doctor Who Weekly oh, again. Because right. uh, I sold mine yeah, I, decades ago. I used to have that um, whole run and sold it all. Well, I, th- I thought, I know... I, um, Eventually, they'll come out in a graphic novel form, yeah. but they've never collected them. They should. Somebody should collect all the classic, you know, with all the David Lloyd art and the Steve Dillon yeah. art, Alan Moore scripts. They should collect all them they, into they one big omnibus. They did the House of Hammer Halls of Horror backup strips, didn't they? Into yes. Collected. So, yeah. yeah, it'd be nice if they did. I imagine, again, it's rights issues, then. It? It's such a. The, the history of Doctor Who for rights is such a murky. Mm. Because it's. Uh, I think a lot of people forget that the BBC didn't automatically gain the rights to any of this so if a writer comes up with his, his own creation like Malcolm Holt came up with the Draconians they control it so if the BBC want to use it again they have to pay the writer yes, and yeah. I, I mean it kept Terry Nation in, in a, a good living for <laughs> well, got him to the, the rest LA, of his didn't career it? yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I, I imagine that's probably why they've not been republished it's a shame it would yeah. be nice to see a new Who version you know it, yeah I think it would it's, this is one of the areas where I think the uh, their their fascination with latex masks would work out really well. Yes, yeah. Well, you never know. Yeah, might possibly. come. Might come. Um, on behind the scenes, the book that you were talking about, yes. you know, the Doctor's the effects. Space. Oh, the Doctor's effects. Oh no, yeah. Do you want to talk about the Target book, um, which I I was supposed to have dug out and and read what the description of the Draconians are because. I, I put on on our Facebook page. You know, yes. I was down in Hastings shortly before the lockdown and uh, found uh, that brilliant secondhand bookshop yeah, that's down there. Had, had they had three piles stacked on the floor 
um, stacked up about three piles, oof, about waist high, tall. They were of Target novels for like one pound fifty each. And the first one I bought was, is it Doctor Who and the Space War? Is yeah, that what Do- it's called? Doctor Who and the Space War, because I suppose Frontier in Space probably wasn't a big enough title f- to get kids involved. And it hasn't got war in it. No. Um, I don't know whether the the TV show was originally going to be called Space War or something like that, but Frontier in Space is a much more descriptive of what happens in the show because there is no space war. No. There's just a bit yeah. of docking. Yeah, I do. I, I remember the book very fondly. I remember it being really good. So there's lots of descriptions of of the Earth and the, the embassies and the much more epic. I bet the cockpits seem yes. good. We return mm. to the same cockpit. No, um, I, I think I've got the paperback kicking about somewhere. I think it was also in one of the uh, omnibus editions that I've got kicking about. Oh, uh, right, right. You know, where they used to just cobble three books together into yes, a hardback. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I miss oh. omnibuses. I miss omni- There's a T-shirt <laughs> There's a slogan t-shirt, as well. Yeah. I miss omnibuses. Um, so, no, this other book, The Doctor's Effects. Yes, um, yeah. good um, book. Very good, very in-depth, and I've got some quotes from it. Oh, good. Um, You've already mentioned my first quote that I got, which is from John Freelander about it. And yeah. uh, here's the quote. He says, uh, The script described the Draconians as a dragon-like race, which I thought I'd distinguish by including bumps on their faces. That was my starting point. There is a well-circulated rumour that I moulded the head of the Draconians on a sculptured head of the comedian Dave Allen. Utter rubbish. The idea was born in the fertile imagination of a journalist, then endlessly requoted to become an apparent fact. It is true that the masks were comfortable to wear due to pockets of air captured in the bumps on each side of the masks. This prevented them from sticking to the wearer's face and resulted in the actors keeping their masks on when they went to the canteen for coffee breaks. Just been an interesting sight, wasn't it? Yeah, well, he, he's alluding to something that you've said before, which is somebody says something as a joke, it gets yeah. repeated and repeated and repeated, and therefore. How many times has that happened in Doctor yes. Who fandom? It's amazing. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. So my next one comes from Ian Schoons. All right. All right. And I just got to find the right bit. Da, 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 da. Um, I attended the studio recording se- sessions with Bernard Wilkie, Reese Jones, and Matt Irvine. I had a quite a few conversations with Roger Delgado. We already knew each other because we'd worked together before during my Hammer days on a film called Curse of the Mummy Shroud. Roger was quite charming. I think it was a few months after the recording of this episode that Roger was tragically killed in a car accident in Turkey. Then he, he he's talking about the um, the union bit next yeah. and how unionised everything. And he says... By this time, the BBC Union had finally banned me from bringing freelance cameramen into the building and the BBC lighting cameramen we were provided with had never been trained in the filming of miniatures. The Union didn't care that the quality of the programme suffered, just so long as their petty regulations were maintained. All the miniature work was badly lit. Several years later, when I became a full designer, it was through citing this experience that I managed to convince Bernard Wilkie towards the benefits of Brave Studios facilities. If we were to be prevented from bringing people in, we would have to go out to them. And that's why, you know, when he, Ian Schoons went on to do Blake 7, why that model work looks brilliant yeah, looks in season one is because he was using cameramen who were used to lighting and yeah. photographing miniatures. 
Because this is true, the the model shots in this are very murky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last quote I've got is from Matt Irvin, yep. our friend old Matt Irvin. Oh, Matt. Okay. Yes. And just got to find the start point for this. Um, Having been exposed to the Daleks on television <coughs> at an impressionable age, I had vivid childhood memories of them gliding effortlessly across the screen. I then went on location with two of them to a quarry somewhere in Surrey and discovered that the Daleks didn't glide quite so effortlessly in real life. We had to lay down sheets of wooden hardboard wherever they were directed to go and consequently the cameras had to ensure that they didn't expose this cheat by filming below the base of the Daleks. The master was with them on that occasion too, portrayed by the late Roger Delgado. We also filmed around the perimeter of the Royal Festival Hall and did one day's filming at Ealing Studios. I remember John Pertwee in a flying harness acting out his spacewalk around a full-size uh. section of spaceship. So yeah, it was definitely here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then he also goes on about, uh, where is it? Um, bom, bom, bom. Yeah, the, the Ogron spaceship was a metallic brown colour and was in fact a bastardised model from an episode of Jerry Anderson's UFO series titled Close Up. Now that's the story where they wait for a UFO to attack the Earth and then they send a probe ship yeah. to follow the UFO back to the UFO's home planet and that's the miniature that he's talking about. It's adapted, it's totally kitbash from a Saturn V, right. totally. Yeah, the time and budget saving method of recycling old models and props was already standard practice. That's what we were saying, you know. It's taken up shelf space, cut it yeah. up, use it as something else. Well, that, it um, has no value otherwise, does it? It's... No. He, he says here, some years previously, Ian had, he's talking about Ian Schoons, Ian had received a tip-off that Century 21, because of course Ian Schoons had worked, hadn't he, on Thunderbirds yes. and, and the like, so he had contacts at Century 21. Um, Ian had received a tip-off that Century 21 was closing down, so he hired a van drove to Slough and bought get this 75 pounds worth of assorted miniatures the idea was to utilize these quality made miniatures in future BBC programs collectors are now horrified to learn of these models being broken up for reuse but you have to understand that this is the very purpose the department had bought them for yeah. Century 21 had practically pioneered the process of recycling and had been breaking up and reusing its own models for years so there you go 75 quid 75 quid. God. What was the average weekly wage back then? Though? Probably about 15 quid, yeah. wasn't it? So. Yeah, something like that, I suppose. Mm. I suppose. So that's my behind the scenes, right? Very good. So, yeah, uh, we haven't mentioned it, but this actually has got a date. We have an Earth date for this, and it's, it's the year 2540, all right? 2540. 40. Yes. All right. Where and does that put it? That puts us... Uh, Third away in the future. We've got fourth is 2017 still in Sheffield. And then we've got this one, 2,540. Then we've got the year 4,000. Then we've got the year 10,000. Yeah, right. it'll be interesting to see when, in these future ones when we get two that are sort of coinciding but with a completely different future. That's what I'm looking forward yeah. to. And, and Or Daleks suddenly appearing and no one's ever yes. seen them before even though they've yeah. invaded <laughs> five times already or whatever, you know. All right, so here we go. Uh, next bit, the design rating. Yeah. All right. Well, like I say, I, I, I don't think it's quite quite as good as um, as Lynx. I don't think it quite gels together as Lynx, but I still think this is a, a 9 out of 10 for me. All right, well, I gave it a 10. Did you? Yeah. 
So that's nine and a half, all right, which is fine. And that puts him right alongside the K1 robot. Nice place to be. In design, yep. And what about the effectiveness? Uh, the effectiveness, I, I'm going to go up to 9.5 on this one. I don't think it's, it's again, it's not quite as seamless as, uh, uh, as Lynx, but this is as damn near perfect as as you're probably going to get on most of the Doctor Who shows. It's a head, right. head and shoulders above a lot of the other stuff. Oh, absolutely. But I've, I've, I've done the opposite to you. I've, yeah. I've actually gone backwards. You gave it um, nine and a half. I gave it a nine. Is that because of the uh, the dodgy extra that wandered in? It, no, no, no. No, no. It, I, I don't know. That just... Nine felt okay for me. So, so that gives him 9.25, which he is now second place. Wow. Right? So um, John I'd, Friedland I'd, is... Leading the pack, then. Look at this, right? First place, Sontaran Lynx. Yep. Second place, the Sontar, um, so the Draconians. Third place, Sontaran Steyr. Yep, top yep, three well are all done. John Friedlander. Yeah, he yep. did deserve that genius label, didn't he? He did. He did indeed. I don't care what he says. All right, so if you add those two together and divide by two, you get your um, um, adversary rating. Which is 9.375, so we'll call that 9.8, right? 9.375. Sorry, 9.4, sorry. Yeah. 9.37, so 9.4. Still puts him in second place, though. Um, number one, we have... <laughs> number one, we've got Sontar and Lynx. Yeah. Number two, we've got the Draconians. Number three, we have the K1 robot, the Foretold, and Sontar and Steyr. So still... John Friedlanders yeah. is in the top three. Isn't it amazing, though, that in 1974 or given the, 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 the fairly primitive knowledge about latex and the way that it could be used, that it stands up as good as something that's excellently done modern, like the foretold. Yes. Isn't that yes. amazing? Yeah. I'll I tell you what I'm looking forward to is when we next have a John Freelander creation where they are going to go in all yes, these yeah. lists, you know. Yeah, so, oh, I've got a couple more little bits of information uh, before we wrap it up. Um, did you know the Draconians were originally going to be called Andromedans? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, they could have been in Blake 7 as well. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> they, there's another crossover. And the original outline, um, it wasn't going to be the Ogrons uh, working with the Master. It was going to be the Cybermen. Uh, what without the Daleks? No, still with the Daleks oh, at the end, but Cybermen weird. instead no. of Ogrons. But it, th that story can't work. Cybermen don't have no. a god that's no. going to be a giant. Also, testicle. why Cybermen are logical? Why would they work with the Master? I mean, that didn't go well for them on the Five Doctors, did it? No. No, I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, <clears throat> so, why why did they change the name from Andromedans to Draconians? No idea. Because we, we were watching it. Um, Anne came back in watching it and she goes, Draconians, that's um, Buck Rogers. So, yeah, it is. I don't, it is. I, don't, I don't think it's the same Draconians. That would be funny if it was. Yeah, yeah that'd be good. That Tiger Man or whatever his name yeah, was. Yeah, you know, Man. I mean, if he was the fact, a Lizard Man. He was about as clever as an Ogron as well. He was like an yeah. Ogron, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think they went, oh, Andromedans. It can't be Andromedans. Yeah. Andromedans are from another ga are another galaxy. You can't have a frontier between the Milky Way and oh, the... Terry, uh, if it was Terry Nation, he could. If it was, yeah, if yeah. it was Terry script, you I, could. Yeah. I wonder if it was because um, 
people would have been recently have been watching a for Andromeda and uh, oh, it might, it might be there. and they thought, oh, they might think it's connected or something. Mm, could be, could yeah. be. But no, I don't know. All right, so that's us uh, finished yes. for today. And despite and you the fact, know, we, if you haven't seen this one, I doubt anyone's listening that hasn't seen it. Why would you? And why would you stay for an hour or so? Uh, but if you haven't watched it, it's worth it's worth seeking out and watching it. We've we've run it right to the ground, but it's um, it's yeah, but there's enjoyment it. in it. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, I mean, we yeah, there's padding and there's um, you know cheapness on view, but you know, it doesn't make it not enjoyable, does this, it? This is the this is the visual equivalent of those. Um, Doctor Who John Pertwee Nestle chocolate bars used to get in it that that yeah. one at a time they're lovely but if you eat six in a go you're going to make yourself sick yeah yeah it's definitely a Nestle thing it's not yes. a Dalek death ray where no, you no, could no, have them just, over and over again yeah, you could yeah. gobble them down all day yes yeah alright well before we go uh, it's over to you Ian isn't yes. it yes yeah so if I if I told you that the next story unfortunately is a right load of old bull would you know what I'm talking about a right load of old bull. Right load of old bull. Is is it uh, uh, horns of Nymon? It is. Yes. Hey! yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was either thinking a creature from the pit where yeah. he is a bull, yeah. or a bull as in a bull. Oh, horns of Nymon. Yes. Oh, have you good got choice. That? Yes, I have. Excellent. Excellent. I yeah. Have, I thought. Yes. Because I, I was thinking all the all the greats we could go with, and I thought, no, no, I, I I've got some interesting things about horns of Nymon. I think. Uh, Horns of Nymon is a very guilty pleasure for yes. me. I mean, I shouldn't be entertained by it, but some of it is just so absurd. It's a pantomime, isn't it? it oh, is it? <laughs> is it? Is it ever? Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah excellent. Do you reckon, All right. I, I don't know whether they'll, uh, they'll top John Friedlander in scores, but let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's see. Yeah, we've got other things to talk yeah. about as well as uh, the Nymon, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Oh, blimey. All right. Okay. Well, that, that's that, that, that's my project for the Excellent. next week. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. I don't have to go and buy one either because, that's you know, I, I've got most of the Tom Bakers, but later era, you know, it's patchy yeah. in places. I, I always feel guilty that if it's one that you haven't got, that you got to go and buy it, especially if it's one that I know you'll never watch again. Well, I was, I, I did fancy today um, ordering a, uh, a DVD that, yep. uh, of a story that I haven't got yet. And uh, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, shall I get this? Shall I get that? And I thought, oh, no, hang on a minute, because tonight we're doing a recording yeah, and I might have, have to buy it. a Tom Baker. Wouldn't it have been uh, weird if, if I'd picked one that you'd, you'd just happened to have ordered today? That would have been freaky. That would have been spooky, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Perhaps we All could right, do okay. on, on Facebook. People could su- t- suggest what the next story you buy, not for this, but the next one you buy should be yeah but then they would have to know what ones i haven't got that's true yeah yeah <laughs> maybe i'll put up a list of of the ones i haven't got and listener which one should i yeah, get that's next not, yeah that's not a bad idea yeah you haven't got these stories right. and which ones no, that's are worth a good getting. idea yeah. when, when this comes out i'll i'll put that question yeah. up on the facebook page all right Brilliant. okay all right all right okay well oh well, yeah i'm looking forward to this thank you very much ian no problem no problem All right. Well, I'll speak to you soon then. Thanks, Ian. All right. Cheers, Ian. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.